Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're going to love this show. You're going to hear real stories from real people on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So let's go. This is Jennifer Longworth asking you, what is your authority score? You need to glean clarity on what customers, partners, and influencers and media are judging you on. So go to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to take our 30 score quiz today. Upmyinfluence.com slash quiz. I always say that everybody needs somebody to look up to, somebody that's mentoring them. Everybody needs people on their peer group, and everybody needs people that they're mentoring. Regardless of what level that you're at, I think that those three things, somebody to mentor you, people in your peer group, and people that you can mentor, if you have those three things, it just makes you keep growing, and it also allows you to pour back into other people and help them grow, and it just keeps the you know kind of cycle of life moving forward. Today's thoughtful entrepreneur is Jay Owen. Jay started his digital agency, Design Extensions, at the age of 17. Since then, they've grown both revenue and profit every year. While he's not busy with his business, Jay can usually be found with his wife of 16 years and their five children. His book is available for free, just cover shipping, at getjaysbook.com. Thanks for joining me, Jay. Yeah, thanks for having me. Your agency is Design Extensions. So how did you get into that? I mean, you started at age 17, a little bit of an entrepreneur there for sure. <laughs> yeah, I kind of always have been the entrepreneur. I mean, I, I started my first business when I was eight years old. Wow. Actually, I was at a baseball field and there was no concession stand. I told my mom, I'm like, man, these people could use, this is way back in the day, uh, these people <laughs> could use some, uh, you know, refreshments or I probably didn't use the word refreshments, but uh and so she took my mom took me to Sam's Club. I filled up my red wagon and I rolled it around the baseball park and sold concessions out of the wagon. And that was at eight years old. Now today you'd probably need a permit for that, but uh, back uh, yeah. then, <laughs> back then you didn't, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I probably didn't make any money, but my mom probably fronted most of that from her Sam's Club membership. But it was great. Started a lawn business when I was twelve, which I think every twelve-year-old boy probably does at some point. And uh, that's also the same time I built my first website. Was at twelve years old, which is about really when the internet was kind of like coming about. I mean, it was kind of the very beginning of the internet as we know it back then. Yeah. And uh, yeah. which makes me sound really old to say it that way, but it's true. And <laughs> and then I was really fortunate. I built a few websites, played around, and got an internship uh, when I was sixteen years old with a company. Um, uh, long story, but a neighbor basically connected me with somebody. I got an internship over the summer that turned into a job. And over time, uh, I was there for a year or so. And I thought, gosh, I think I could do this for myself. I think I could sell these. Um, and so I started selling really basic, really bad websites. Uh, at seven. Most of them were back then. That's true. They were really bad. But I learned, you know, I just kept learning through the years. And, um, you know, I started at 17. This year is our 20th year in business. So uh, we have grown every single year, year over year for 20 years in a row. It's pretty exciting. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. So did you ever end up going to school and getting, you know, a degree or anything? Or you figured it all out on your own? Yeah, good question. I mean, I went to school uh, initially, I, I did pretty well in, you know, high school, and then I went to college for a year. But then I dropped out because it was a matter of like, do I want to grow the business or do I want to sit in class? And turned out making money was more interesting than sitting in class. So I quit school and haven't really looked back. Well, if you have something that you're doing that's successful, why do you need to go into student loan debt? 
Well, I actually got, I had a bunch of scholarships. That's the only reason that I went is they were paying for me to go. I I live in Florida and I just applied to all the Florida schools and just went to the one that was going to give me the most money. So I did that and I was like, well, it's free anyway. I might as well be here. Um, And in hindsight, I kind of was like, well, they were paying for my room and board and books and tuition. I probably should have just stayed. But, um, (laughs) but you know, it it all worked out. I didn't really need the paper and the degree anyway. Yeah, that's awesome. And then 20 years later, here you are still doing it. Yeah. And, and now the internet is way different than when you started. So you've kind of seen the evolution yeah. of the web as well, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, I remember when like, Yahoo, well, even before Yahoo, when like AltaVista was like the king of search engines and like GeoCities. Yeah, Netscape was like the browser, at least for the smart people. And and Google was just an infinite, you know, it was like this idea that only really like super nerds and geeks used at some point. <laughs> um, Thanks. I know. That was me, but it's not. I was like, not, oh, man. <laughs> I don't consider that derogatory. That's, I think that's a compliment. But um and, and so it's just crazy to think back on that now uh, and even like MySpace in the early days of like social media and how mm-hmm. hideous that was. And everybody was friends with, what was that guy's name? I, I forgot. Um, Tom. Everybody was friends with Tom on, on MySpace. And I was like, Tom, he's, he's a meme. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I, you know, it's crazy to see it change over time. And I think that's one of the things as an entrepreneur or a business owner that you have to be able to do is be able to change as things change. And, and I always tell my team, you know, the worst thing we can do is do things just because that's how we've always done them. Um, right. If it's still the best way, let's do it. Keep doing it that way. But if somebody has a better way, let's do that. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is they get stuck in these ruts, especially when we've been around for a while. And think, well, we've always done it this way and it's always worked. Okay. But if there's a better way, you should try that instead because eventually you're going to lose. And, um, you know, I've seen a lot of, a lot of that happen in two decades of business. Yeah. So when you've been growing your business over the past two decades, what's the biggest thing that has allowed you to keep growing? You know, I think I just have had really good people around me. I think that's really been a good support. You know, I've been married for almost 17 years and my wife is just a great supporter and um, she's not directly involved with the business per se, but she is kind of my like counsel um, on the side and in the evenings, probably more so than she wants to be sometimes. And, you know, I had an uncle who was a great mentor. I think having the right people, um, I always say that everybody needs somebody to look up to, somebody that's mentoring them. Everybody needs people on their peer group and everybody needs people that they're mentoring, regardless of what level that you're at. I think that those three things, somebody to mentor you, people in your peer group and some, and people that you can mentor. Um, if you have those three things, which I have fortunately had for a long time, it just makes you keep growing. And it also allows you to pour back into other people and help them grow. And it just keeps the, you know, kind of cycle of life moving forward. And you have team members now. When did you start expanding into needing team members? I mean, these are the people who are in that third tier you mentioned that you're mentoring them along the way. At what point did you go, oh my gosh, I need help? Well, I operated by myself for a long time, um, which was advantageous because I learned how to do all the things, you know, but uh, and then I worked with me with plus a bunch of contractors. And the first time I really hired somebody full time as an actual like W2 employee versus a contractor was really when the economy started to collapse. Uh, in like 2007, kind of in that area. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd had part-time people or contractors before that, but not full-time employees. And I thought, you know, I think I could make a job. I think I can give somebody enough work to work Mm -hmm. full-time, which is ironic because I remember years ago, like uh, saying to my wife, like, I I wonder if I'll ever have enough work to keep me busy, you know, for the whole week. And now we've got a team of 15 people internally, plus a large group of contractors that have more work than they've got time to do. 
So I started hiring people when the economy kind of collapsed and, and that's learning to grow a team is hard work. That, that's been one of the things that has taken a lot of um, effort and energy to figure out and learn, but it's so rewarding now because I have an awesome group of folks uh, that work here at Design Extensions and, and they just make all the difference um, and give me the opportunity to kind of lead and keep growing upwards while they're taking care of clients and projects and everything else. You know, when I think about scaling a business, having employees is, a, or even contractors, kind of terrifying because all of a sudden you've given some control to someone else. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, now I got to yeah. make sure they're doing it right and train all these people. And ah, but you know, you figured it out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's hard. It is scary, and I'm I'm kind of a can be a control freak at sometimes, and learning to let go and learning what I need to delegate. It's the only way you can, can can continue to grow and improve. And it's the big differentiator between owning a job and owning a business. I always say a lot of people don't really own a business. They own a job. Um, and a lot of times they mm-hmm. own a job that really doesn't pay that well, especially if you factor the fact that they're probably working or thinking about their business 24 hours a day. Right. Once you have a team and you're able to scale, that's when you really own a business. Because, you know, two weeks ago, I went uh, to uh, London and Paris with my wife for a week and I didn't check my email. I didn't check my voicemail. I don't know what was going on at the, at the company and I didn't need to because they're perfectly mm-hmm. capable of handling it without me. But 10 years ago, that wasn't true. I mean, I, there was a period where I probably didn't take an extended vacation of more than a day or two for gosh, maybe 10 years. And I had to learn yeah. to go, Hey, this is not working anymore, regardless of how much money I'm making. Yeah. So what's been the biggest struggle, you know, over these 20, 20 years, what would you say would have been the, the stuff that's tripped you up the most? I think the biggest struggle is is ultimately thinking that I'm the best one to get things done. Um, it's that mentality of like, if you want to get it done right, you got to do it yourself. And that's just not true. Yeah. And the, the truth is that everybody on my team, I, I always say like, I can do all their jobs because I've done them all at some point, but they all do their jobs better than I would do them. You know, like I might be better than 80% of the population at Photoshop, but I'm not better than my designers at it. You know, I might be better than 80% of the population at writing HTML or CSS, but I'm not better than my front end developers. So it's that kind of thing where, you know, over time you have to learn to let go of stuff. And for me, that was a big struggle, learning to let go and then learning how to empower other people and being willing to let those people fail. I always say one of my responsibilities as a leader is to put people in a place where they have the opportunity to fail, just not fail catastrophically. Um, I got to protect from catastrophic failure, but allow for micro failures that allow them to learn because that's how I had the chance to learn. If I'm not giving people those opportunities, if I'm constantly swooping in and trying to save the day, which is a big mistake I made for a long time, Nobody else gets a chance to grow, and that's not fair. Yeah, and that comes back to what we talked about you know, just a minute ago and the control and bringing people in. And then your three tiers of people around you yeah. as well. And it sounds like you'll bring people in as employees, and they'll be in that people below you or whatever. Yeah. And then they move up to be your peers. Yeah. And that is probably like with the business growth cycle, that's kind of what you want. And then you can bring in more people underneath and continue That's to right. grow. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And ironically, even I've had, you know, one of my lead designers who was with me for six years um, ended up leaving and eventually started his own kind of design shop, which is going really well. And, but to me, like that is success to me. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. I, I don't care. There's plenty of fish in the sea. There's plenty of work to be done. I'm not intimidated or worried about competition in any category whatsoever. But especially in that industry. Oh yeah, there's just a, <laughs> yeah. And for him, that was what was best for him and his family. 
and and I have another guy a couple of years ago, same thing. Like he just ended up being not the right fit for the company anymore, but he ended up going off and starting his own kind of shop on the side. And, and it's great. Like uh, he, he wasn't able to do that before he worked with us and with our team. And now he is. And so to me, if I can see those successes growing, I'm more interested in that than I am just making more money. Yeah, that's awesome. Now you, you said the word family in that and how things are better with your family. And over the past 20 years, your family has grown. You mentioned you got married and now you have five kids. So yeah. how is this work-life balance work out, you know, with the five kids. Yeah. Everybody asks about work-life balance. And I always say there is no balance. Like it's all just a blender. I would say it's a work-life blender. That's my kind of term for it. And I think some days you need a little bit more uh, fun stuff in it. And some days you need a little bit more stuff where you got to get work done. Um, and sometimes it's just a blend of all of it in between. I mean, there are weeks where I work a ridiculous amount and there's weeks where I hardly work at all. And I don't think it's about balance. I think it's about the season of life that you're in. I mean, right now it's very different having our youngest is six and our oldest is 14, which is kind oh. of a sweet spot. Like they're out of being toddlers and they're not quite yeah. all teenagers yet. It's kind of a sweet spot versus when they were all babies and toddlers. I mean, gosh, that was like, you know, intense zone. And I needed to be more available for my wife and need to be able to be more time supportive and stuff like that. And as they get older, you know, I'm aware now that I, I still need to be there a lot for them. But as they get older, become teenagers and young adults, they're not going to need me around 24 seven anymore. And so I think it's not about balance. It's about seasons of life. And it's, it's about knowing where you are. And depending on like, for me, not everybody's married and has kids, but in my life, you know, I'm, I'm married and have kids and would like to stay married to the same woman my whole life and would like to grow up and have relationships with my children when they're adults. And I think it's about recognizing the season of life that you're in and, and communicating really well. Um, I think any relationship, whether it's a spouse or a team member or anything else, the, the biggest problem with most relationships is misplaced expectations. So I expect you're going to do this and you expect I'm going to do that. And those things are separated by some divide. And I would say communication is the bridge that connects expectations. And Lord knows I'm not perfect at it. If you ask my wife, she definitely would tell you <laughs> that I'm not perfect at it. But it's it's knowing where those problems are and, and knowing what season you're in and, and just talking about it. And sometimes, you know, there's opportunities in business that I can't take right now because... I have five kids at home and a wife that I want to be with. And that's okay because I'm 37 years old and I got plenty of life left to live, Lord willing. So everything doesn't have to be done now. I think I got caught in the early years stuck on the idea of like, okay, well, when I get through this project, then I'm going to go do this family thing. Once I finish this one job, then I'll do that. The problem is there's always another one. There's always another job. There's always another project. There's another thing. And you get scared, though, as an entrepreneur, because you're like, well, what if there's not? And then I can't pay the bills and then I can't. And it's like, man, if you're constantly kind of reaping and sowing throughout seasons, there's always going to be enough. You just have to lay the groundwork, you know, over time, consistently over time. And and it'll be there. Does your wife work? She does not uh, in a traditional sense, but the fact that she's a homeschool mom of five kids. So she's a teacher. Oh, yeah. She's a teacher yeah. of five kids at home. So her job is a heck of a lot harder uh, than mine. She's teaching five separate grade levels at all times. Yeah, I just did two. And that was a challenge enough. So <laughs> yeah. wow. Well, kudos to her. Awesome. Well, that's really great that you're able to do the business thing and support her because homeschooling is Definitely, I, I would do it again. We only did it through elementary school, but I would definitely do that again. Yeah. And I, even now, though, it, my kids are 
16 and 18. Mm. One's about to go to college. But still, people are like, oh, well, this is a conference. Oh, this is my, my sister's like, hey, we could go on this beach thing. And I'm like, ah, I don't think I can do everything because we still have marching band season. We still have, you know, graduate a few other things within the kids. But I know in a couple of years, it's going to be totally different. Like you mentioned seasons of life. And I remember my mom saying a long time ago about your friends, even that's how your friend groups are like, oh, well, when your kids are little, you're going to make friends with the moms of the kids in the play group you know and then you know now i'm a marching band mom and i have friends with it and you know it's the same thing like you're talking about the seasons of life and even in your business being aware of that where you are and with the employees and everything just kind of growing and morphing and ebbing and flowing so yeah it awesome. just changes over time and i think you know to your point of like your kids are uh, wrapping up high school or in high school and, and there's only so many marching band shows left yep. and then they're done you know, and there's always more work. Like there's always more work. I know plenty of people who are happily working into their fifties and sixties and seventies and they li- they don't even need to retire because they like what they do. That's, I mean, I don't ever, yeah. people like, I'm gonna, I'm not, I don't have a retirement plan. I don't want to retire. I want to do what I do for the rest of my life. I like to be in a place where I don't have to work because I have plenty of money, but, but man, I love what I do. And, and so I think there's always plenty of work, but time with kids and time with family, like I always say, if you lose money, uh, you can always go get money back. But if you lose time, there's no more of it. Like it, you don't get a you don't get a second chance. Now you have taken all of this experience and packaged it into a book. Yep. So hopefully, and a podcast that we can absorb your knowledge. So tell me a little bit about your book. Well, let me talk about podcasts first, and then I'll reference okay, the book. Cool. But the podcast um, I love because it's not about me; it's about every other business owner that's on it. So the goal of the podcast is I host other business owners who have been in business for ten years or more. Uh, after ten years, it's kind of statistically proven that you're pretty much guaranteed. Almost, it's not a guarantee, but you you have a very high likelihood that you can stay in business as long as you choose to. And I find that interviewing those people is really interesting because you find a lot of commonality and threads amongst them. And I've kind of learned through that. And this is one of the chapters in the book. I always say, ignore the system, but have a system. Just because I do things a certain way with my business doesn't mean you have to do them that way with your business. Just because I do things a certain way with my marriage or my children or whatever else doesn't mean you have to do them the same way. But find what works really well for you and and keep tweaking and adjusting it over time. So on the podcast, I interview other people who have been in business for 10 years or more. Uh, the name of that podcast is Building a Business That Lasts. And the book is by the same title. And the book, the idea behind it, the subtitle is Without Sacrificing Family. And the idea idea behind the book is basically, hey, how have I made this thing grow for 20 years in a row? And I just outline everything that I've learned so far for the past 20 years on how I have grown both revenue and profit every single year for 20 years in a row. This is our 20th year. Last year was our best year ever. Um, And this year we're up about 35% over last year. I don't say that to gloat by any means, although it sounds a little bit like it, I guess. I really say it to say, like, there are there, you can make things grow consistently over time. And I've seen other people, it's like websites are kind of a, uh, they're starting to become a little bit of a commodity, right? And I started just building websites. And if I was just doing what I did 20 years ago, I wouldn't be in business anymore. Or I would be not making enough money and probably still waiting tables on the side like I was when I was 20 years old. Because there's enough DIY options right. out there now. I, I can't. 
I can't do them because I still have no design eye. But for someone who does have a little bit right. <laughs> of that inclination, I mean, why why would they want to work with you versus doing it themselves? Yeah, exactly. And that's why we've adjusted over time. So we do a lot more strategy work now because mm-hmm. it's easy to build a website. But the question becomes then like, what needs to be on it? And why does it need to be on there? And how are you going to communicate that message? And what are you trying to get the customer to actually do? And how are you going to test that? And all those things become questions that a business of a certain size will look at us and go, gosh, we, we need somebody to take care of this for us. And they may they might have a marketing person, but they don't have a whole marketing team. And so we kind of become their outsourced marketing team. Uh, our agency kind of comes alongside their business to partner with them. If they were to hire everybody they needed to have a full marketing team, it'd cost them, you know, half a million dollars a year. And instead, they can hire us for a heck of a lot less. And we'll take care of that for them. The book and the podcast, though, for me, are kind of my desire to give back to that entrepreneurial community of the people who are just starting something out or trying to figure it out. Maybe they've been in business a few years and they're, you know, worn out and stressed out and ready to quit. Um, I mean, I've been there like, you know, there has been some dark days. It's not always been sunshine and roses. So that's why I wrote the book. And that's why I have the podcast, because I just love that world and that community. And I'm, I'm sure you do, too. That's why you're doing this podcast, I presume. Absolutely. So what advice do you have for the thoughtful entrepreneur who's listening? I think the biggest thing is like dig into learning. I waited way too long to like really get into books primarily because I'm a really bad reader. Like I'm a really slow reader. It takes me a long time to read a book. And eventually I was like, well, there is audible. Like I don't have to read it. I can have somebody else read it to me. And now I consume books like they're like chocolate. And I like chocolate. Um, I listen to a lot of books. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I waited way too long to really engage in that. I spent so long focused on trying to do all the work that I was not expanding my own self, the rate that I did. And now I intentionally block time on my calendar for my own personal growth. And if you're not blocking time for your own personal growth, you're not going to be where you want to be because everybody's like, well, here's where I want to be in the future. And, and the question becomes, well, what are you doing today that's making that possible in the future? And a lot of times we're all just running on the hamster wheel and um, we need to get off the hamster wheel, take a little break, give ourselves a little mental space and go learn from some other people out there and, and books, whether they're audiobooks or written books are just such a wealth of knowledge that I waited way too long to get into because I'm a slow reader. And you are offering your book for free, plus shipping and handling. So if people want to find this book and absorb some of your knowledge, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, you can get a free copy of it online. Just cover the cost of shipping and handling. Um, We've got a website that you can go on. You can see all the details about it, list of the chapters, all that. Just go to getjaysbook.com. And on there, you'll see all the details. You can grab a copy or you can find it along with the podcast at buildingabusinessthatlasts.com. Where can we find you on social media? Gosh, I'm everywhere. Just search for Jay Owen. You know, wherever your favorite spot is, I'm on Instagram or on Facebook. Instagram, you can find me at Instagram.com slash Jay Owen Live. All my stuff's there. And then, you know, if you have some other favorite platform, LinkedIn, Facebook, I'm on all the things. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. If you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest and attend my next live webinar where I'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic. Now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media? And in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating 
rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.